Well, good morning, church. Beloved of God our Father, you are loved. You are loved. We are his beloved, his children. And I'm very excited and very glad that I could be with you uh, this morning. And uh, kind of as we start, I want to play a little game. Uh, and so how this game is going to work is I'm going to ask some questions, and you guys can just, ye- you can just yell out the answers. It's okay. Well, we're, we're okay. We can do that here. So I'll ask some questions. They're going to be about the Bible specifically. So ask some questions, and you can yell out the answers. Make sense? Pretty easy. Pretty straightforward. Here we go. First question. What languages was the Bible written in? Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. Yes, thank you. Excellent. How many books are in the Old Testament? That's the whole Bible is 66, but how many are just in the Old Testament? How many books? Somebody doing, anybody doing math here? Looking up at the Bible? 39. I heard 39. Excellent. What is the shortest verse in the Bible? Jesus wept. Anybody know where it's found? John eleven thirty five. 35. Although I did have a uh, Greek professor text me and say, well, in, you know, the original language, the shortest verse would be different. But anyways, um, what is the longest chapter in the Bible? Psalm 119. How many verses are in that chapter? 176. Who said that? Well done. 176. Okay. How many different approximately, how many different human authors did the Bible have? Yeah, it's approximately around 40. I was playing this game earlier with Pastor Andrew, and I was like, how many authors did the Bible have? And he was like, one. <laughs> I was like, ha ha, cheeky, I like it. Um, yeah, approximately 40 different human authors. What is the shortest book in the Bible by word count? It's different if you go by verse, how many verses there are, but what's the shortest book in the Bible by word count? Esther, third John, that's correct, third John. Um, And the last question I have for you this morning is, what is the last word in the Bible? Amen. It's amen, which means so be it, or may it be, or let it be. Um, So, I don't know, maybe you knew all the answers to those questions. Some of you, I'm, I'm quite impressed. That's great. I had to look up a few of these myself. Um, maybe you learned something new this morning, something that you didn't quite know about the Bible. Um, but whatever the case may be, um, this morning we're going to be talking about the Bible, the Word of God or Scripture. It is our desire as a church to make Jesus known. And first, we want to make Jesus known to ourselves and then to the world around us. But it's kind of hard to make Jesus known if we don't know him, right? You kind of need to know him in order to make him known. So what are some ways that we can get to know Jesus? Well, one of them, Pastor Andrew preached last week on, which is prayer, which is talking to him. We can talk to him, have a conversation with him. Um, If you missed that sermon, you can catch it online on our YouTube channel um, and watch it if you missed it. But another way that we can get to know Jesus is to read, to study, 
and memorize this book, the Bible. Because this book is special. It's unique. <laughs> there is no other book like it. I've, I've staked my life on this book. I've staked my life on the truth of this word. And I mean, maybe some of you might look at my life and be like, eh, well, have fun with that. Um, but anything in my life that I would say is good or, or pleasing or a, or a blessing is because of the truth of God's word. It's because of his grace in my life, the grace of Jesus, who this book is all about. This book is full of poetry, history, prophecy, romance, wisdom, instruction, letters, murder, intrigue, mystery, death, life, creation, destruction, eternity. I mean, I don't know everything about this book, but I'll spend the rest of my life getting to know more and more and more. So this Bible that we call a book is actually a collection of books, 66 books to be exact. Um, and the word Bible just means books or book. Yeah, and that's kind of, it's a bunch of books. That's why I call it the Bible. Now, as our game pointed out, this book wasn't written in English. It was written in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. And I don't read or speak those languages. Um, so in order for me to understand it, we have to translate it into English. Now, is there anybody here who knows more than one language? Like, if you know a couple languages, maybe? I don't know if you've ever had to translate something for people, but it's not always as easy as you might think. Uh, it's, sometimes it's kind of difficult because there could be multiple ways to say the same thing and, and there's nuances of things. And so that's why we have different translations in English. Um, just different ways to say the same thing. So not one translation is better than all the other ones. For the most part, it's what is probably easiest for you to understand or easiest for you to read. Um, and that's great. If you have questions about that and translations, we'd love to talk to you about that. Um, and if you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles on a rack somewhere in the back. Hi, that rhymes. And they're free. You can, you can grab one, please. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to have, give you a Bible. Um, or you can, just, you can just take one. That'd be great. We believe that this book, the Bible, is the words of God. We believe that this book is the words of God given to us as humans. The creator of this world, of this universe, this is his words to us. If you really want to get into all the evidence for the credibility of the Bible and all that kind of thing, um, we can talk about that later. I won't specifically get into that today. It's called apologetics, which just means like a defense of the Bible. Um, suffice it to say that this, that there have been many scholars, even lawyers, that have tried to disprove the Bible and no one has been able to do it. In fact, often what happens is they come out the other side believing the Bible and what is true about it. There's a substantial amount of evidence for its credibility and why this book is special and unique. 
what we believe in short can be summed up um, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 to 21. So it says, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though they were human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So basically, God told or led the writers to write and say what they did. And this is how we, we've heard this verse, verse before. This is what it says in 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed coming from his mouth. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We believe that this has come from the mouth of God. And that would mean it would be useful. <laughs> would it not? As that verse said, that it is God-breathed and it is useful for all those things that it listed. And I love what it says in verse 17 there. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. <laughs> Do you want to be ready? Do you want to be equipped? Do you want to be prepared for whatever God has for you? This is the instruction manual. This is the map. This is our example. It's full of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. How to parent, how to have good friendships, business advice, warnings, and promises. You know there's an estimated over 7,000 promises God has given to man in this book. Do you want to know what they are? Number one, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Read it for yourself and find them. It is so good. Over 7,000 promises that God has made. Wow. So you guys interested? Have I piqued your interest even just like slightly? I hope so. Because I want to inspire you today to read this book. Not out of guilt or shame or obligation or pressure. I want you to want to read it. I mean, I could give you a ton of theological reasons and arguments and like strong arm you into, you know, read your Bible kind of thing. But that's not the way of Jesus. Jesus was always inviting people. It was always an invitation. Come, follow me. Come, taste and see that the Lord is good. And that's the invitation we have. Taste and see that he is good. Not out of obligation. Not out of pressure. Not out of guilt. But because we want to. Now, I'll, I'll be honest, for me in my life, there are some days that I have to decide, that I have to choose to take a moment to sit down and read or listen or whatever. We'll get to that in a minute. But I'm never disappointed that I did. <laughs> no, it's on the contrary. Often I'm just like, oh, just, I want to linger one moment longer. Always one moment longer, Lord. Just a little more peace, a little more quiet before I feel like I'm wrung out by the, 
by the world, (laughs) by the day. So my attempt today is to tell you what I've seen in my life. What I can testify to. What I have witnessed. The greatness of our God. And I believe the same can be possible for you. And that's my hope. So I've got four things this morning. Four benefits, you could say, of what I've seen in my life from studying and learning the word of God. So, number one, because of reading this book, I know God better. I know my creator in a deeper, more intimate way. Who he is. How he works in our world around us. And and what he wants from me. To start off, I wouldn't even be saved (laughs) without the truth of this word. It says, it's by grace we have been saved through faith. And it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So, without this, I wouldn't have even been saved. I would have never known that I needed a savior. I would have never known that God offers salvation freely to all who believe. But there's so many truths in this word, in this book, that I forget so often. Like, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. I mean, I've memorized that. I've heard that verse. I've heard many verses like it. But sometimes it just kind of gets lost and I forget about it. I don't know. But then when I read stories, when I read stories about Jesus and his compassion, to the prostitutes, the tax collectors, and sinners. I see his heart. I begin to see the reality of those verses. And when I hear the story that Jesus tells of the prodigal son, who basically goes to his dad and says, Dad, I wish you were dead. Give me all the money for my inheritance. Gets the money, says, see you later, family. I completely reject you and everything that you guys are. Goes and lives his life wildly. Spends all the money, blows it. And then he comes home, and what does the father do? He runs. He's waiting and watching for his son. He runs to him, puts a robe on him, a ring on his finger, has a big celebration and a banquet. Because he loves him. Because he loves him so much. When I read those stories, I start to see the truth. I start to understand who God is in a deeper, more meaningful way. And the lies start to fall away. Is there there a verse or a Bible story that has shown you more about the heart of God that has impacted you? Number two, In my list of benefits, I have begun to walk in more and more freedom. Because I mean, this this is the reality. We are in a battle of truth versus lies. That's that's really, if you want to sum it all up, in in my opinion, anyways. Some people might argue that we're in a battle against truth versus lies. I mean, that was the very beginning of the Garden of Eden, right? The serpent, the devil 
comes and says, ah, you surely will not die. That was the lie. And the lie was believed and the fruit was taken and eaten. And death and sin entered the world because of it, because of a lie. So we're in a battle of truth versus lies and we all are searching for what is true. We really want to know what is true. What's true about the universe? What's true about this world and how it works? It's a quest for truth that drives us to find things out. What's true about us? Why we were made? What's our purpose? All the big questions of life. I mean, even the question of like, what's the temperature today? Is a search for truth. What is the actual temperature today? I mean, then you check your one website and then you check your other one. Then you go check your thermometer, right? Because you're trying to find what it actually is. We just want to know what the truth is. This book is truth. This is the truth. This helps us see clearly through the web of lies that are so crazy all around us. Marinate yourself in the truth. This is what it says in John 17, 17. It says, sanctify them with your truth. Your word is truth. And Jesus in John 8, 31, this is him saying, if you abide in my word, if, if you remain in his word, if you continue in his word, if, if, if you hold on to his teachings, then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Do you want to be free? Free from the lies and the sin that so easily entangle us. Not chained down by worry. But free to live the lies that God has intended us to live. Number three. Reading the Bible, reading this book has brought me comfort in times of hardship and trials and confusion. Is there anyone here who has never had a bad day in their entire life? Anyone? Never had a bad day? Never had a hard time? Never had a challenge? Yeah. Challenge is just our ever-constant companion in this life. There's just always adversity, always things that we have to go through. And I don't know how I would have ever made it to this point in my life without the Word of God. I mean, there was a very challenging season of my life where I just like camped out in the Psalms. I made it my home. And just continuously went back to the Psalms. And I would read the psalmist, just cry out in despair, and I would cry out in the same words. And I would see them say that God had been faithful. <laughs> and I would believe and know that he could be faithful to me as well. That I wasn't alone. Others had gone through hard things and God had been faithful to carry them through it. it gave me hope to believe and it was of great comfort. I mean, actually, honestly, this morning, early this morning or late last night, whatever, I was having a bit of a hard time, just freaking out. Um, nervousness, anxiety, like just fear and um, 
and just couldn't sleep, just tossing and turning. And uh, we do get nervous before we preach, just say, at least I do. Andrew's just cool and calm and collected all the time. Um, but in that moment, I was just kind of like, things were going crazy in my head. And, and then the word of the Lord came to me from the book of Isaiah. It's like, fear not. <laughs> do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. And that's when his comfort and his peace just settled. And there's been countless, countless other times in my life where I've been walking through a challenge and the word of the Lord has come and it's been like a soothing balm of oil, ointment. So precious. It's been such a comfort in hard times. At this point, I'm going to take a little aside because I didn't really know where to put this point into my message, but it's so important. I can't ignore it. The value of memorization, of memorizing this book, of learning it and having it in your brain (laughs) at the ready. You're prepared. Um, I mean, it's so valuable. It's, It's It's more valuable than any precious rubies or gemstones or anything like that. Um, There's so many reasons it's valuable. Like if you're going into into battle and you're feeling just attacked, you have the Bible at the ready, which is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, right? Um, You have it ready. You can comfort others with it, with people going through a hard time. There's just so much value in memorizing the word of God. And so I, I would say, marinate yourself in this. Yes, I mean like soak in it. Because this is the reality. It's like we become like what we surround ourselves with, right? We become like what we surround ourselves with. So we want to marinate ourselves in the Word. It's like this. It was a number of years ago at a youth event. We're doing an amazing race type thing. And I think uh, one of the old youth was helping me remember this morning that we had a bowling game and for every pin that you didn't knock down, you had to eat a whole raw onion um, and so we had a group of like six of us in our group and our guy bowled and missed and we had to eat like five whole raw onions. And so there were three, three young youth in my group guys that were like, Mm-mm, I'm out, Mm-mm, not happening. So but between me and two other guys, we ate like five full raw onions and I ate one and a half by myself completely. My wife could attest <laughs> to the fact that for the next few days, I was oozing onion just in my presence. Uh, it was overwhelming and a little bit intense, just, just to say, you don't have to imagine it. But this is what we want to be like with the word of God. That just your presence, it just oozes out of your pores. It just oozes out of your being of who you are. Marinate ourselves in this. Memorize it. Learn it. It'll be of far greater value than anything else you could possibly do. And don't eat that many raw onions. (laughs) But this is what it says in Joshua, uh, chapter one, verse eight. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. And in Psalm one, verses one to two, 
Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day and night. In order to meditate on something, to think about it, to mull it over in your head, to look at it from all the angles, in order to meditate on it, you kind of have to memorize it. Memorization is kind of the beginning of meditation. So that's my little aside about memorization. Important. Please do that. Number four. My fourth thing that I've seen in my life because of reading, studying, and learning the word of God. It has changed me. (laughs) I'm not who I once was. It has changed me. For the better, I would would like to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like to say, I mean, you can ask my wife after if, that, if that's true or not. Um, but we actually don't have the powers, the power in and of ourselves to change ourselves. People have tried and tried and you're just stuck and you're stuck. The only one who has the power to really change us is the one who made us. Through his word. Through the words from his mouth is the power to change our hearts and our lives. I mean, I have gone from defeat in my battle against sin to now walking in victory that I was like, what? How is this even possible? This is amazing. And I know it was not a stitch of it. It was me. It was all because of him. All because of his goodness and his grace. And I am slowly becoming more and more of the person God created me to be. So what is it for you? Maybe you have never read the Bible before. Where do you start? Well, the first place is to get a Bible. Would be the first place. And as I said, we have a rack in the back of Bibles. Please take one. Or if you have a friend who doesn't have a Bible and wants a Bible, please take one for your friend. Please. We would love to do that. Totally random, random side fact. In North America, did you know that every day that there's 189,000 Bibles that are either bought or given away? Every day. That's amazing. That's awesome. So cool. So great. That's an aside. Maybe you don't have a Bible. Where do you start if you want to read the Bible? Well, first place, get a Bible. So there's Bibles in the back. Or you could get an app on your phone. There are some actually really good apps. Uh, I think the U version is probably one of the most popular ones. Um, and Lectio 365 is also pretty popular and it has a lot of different readings and you can go through different uh, reading plans if you kind of need help with that as well. But if, if you're just going to start reading the Bible and you don't know where to start, um, this book is all about Jesus. And so I would say start by reading about Jesus. So that's probably in the last third of your Bible is where you'll find the Gospels, which are just the stories of Jesus' life. In the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, read those books. Look at how Jesus lived his life. Look at what he said. Look at how he responded to the people around him. Think about those things. Um, don't, don't try to just attack it all at once. Read it in small chunks. You know, read a chapter at a time and then just take a moment to think about it and let the Holy Spirit lead you in that. Now, maybe... You've been reading the Bible for a long time, for years, your whole life. 
Uh, and maybe it's just kind of become routine for you. Maybe it hasn't. I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe it's become routine. Maybe it's dry. If it is, um, there's a couple of things that we can do to maybe spice it up a little bit. Uh, first one is you can uh, read it in a different translation. Because um, if you're always reading something in the same translation, I mean, reading it in a different one can help you see things differently. Uh, there was a time for a couple months where I, I read the Bible all the time in my personal devotions in the uh, Hawaiian pidgin language, which really helped me just see it in a completely different perspective. Um, it's a lot of fun to read it out of that as well, just people know. But for example, like a passage where it says, don't be prideful in our, you know, the NIV kind of version in the Hawaiian pidgin language, it's like, don't be getting a big head. I was like, ah, that helps me understand it a little bit better. So sometimes just you know, making a little shift like that can help you see things in a different light. I mean, or you could get a parallel Bible which compares like four or two different translations at the same time. So you can read that. That's, that's totally right. You could do that. Um, or maybe start a journal. If you've never like read the Bible and then journaled your thoughts and um, you know, questions about it, like start doing that. Um, that would be great. Or a reading plan. There's some great reading plans. I mean, there's gads and gads of reading plans. Um, if you want to find out different reading plans to kind of help you walk through scripture. Um, Or you could listen to the Bible, an audio Bible. I mean, this this is revolutionary. But realistically, our personal Bible is actually kind of a new thing in the history of the world. It was predominantly something that was heard. Someone would read it and you would hear it. So listen to the Bible. Get an audio Bible. I mean, on Apple Music or Spotify, there are audio Bibles that are already included in those that you can just click and, and listen to. There's some good apps that you can use. Bible.is or is, uh, is a good one. Um, I mean, you can get CDs as well. Like I think you can get James Earl Jones, the voice of Darth Vader, to read you the Bible. You can get Johnny Cash to read you the Bible. There's all kinds of options. And it's great because I actually was talking to some guys earlier and they're like, yeah, I go on a long road trip and I just turn the Bible on and I'm listening to it as I'm driving, you know? Or uh, like my wife, we're making supper and we turn on the Bible and listen to it while we're making supper or doing dishes or something like that. Um, marinate yourself. This is what I'm talking about. All the different angles to absorb the word of God and the truth. And it's actually really interesting. Um, you can get some really good like dramatized versions where they have like swords and stuff in the background if there's a fight scene, I mean. Not always there's fight scenes. Sometimes it's nice crickets or whatever. Um, Anyways, uh, the other thing that you could do, maybe if you've been reading the Bible for a long time and it's kind of just routine, is maybe you can take on a challenge of memorizing a portion of scripture. Um, There's some good apps for that as well. Um, Bible memory app is great. Um, Maybe... Take some of uh, these ideas. Memorize the verses from the kids' wing with your kids each week. Uh, I mean, it's solid verses that they're being sent home with. It's just amazing the truth of God's words they're declaring. Um, side note, which I forgot to mention a little bit earlier. If you have the Church Center app, there is um, resources to go along with our sermons for this next six or seven weeks. If you go to the Church Center app and you look on the, the Deeper Life series, there'll be some Bible study discussion guides. If you scroll to the bottom of this week's discussion guide, it has all these resources listed there and there's like quick links to them. Um, And so you can check out those things through that way as well so you don't have to try to take pictures of all this stuff. The other one that I'm really excited about and I've always been excited about it is you can listen to the Bible in music form. I mean, yes, 
We have a lot of worship songs that have like portions of scripture in them and whatnot, but there are a lot of Christian artists nowadays that are actually just making songs of the Bible verses. Uh, and some of them are just fantastic and wonderful. So here's some uh, examples. Uh, Seeds Family Worship is great for families and kids, like super fun Bible catchy songs. Some of them are almost annoyingly catchy, but it's great because it will really help memorization. You can really, we can really memorize things a lot better when we put them to a tune. How many of you guys know the books of the Bible because of a Bible book song? Exactly, right? So this is a great way to do it. Um, Project of Love is awesome. They go through almost a whole book of Isaiah and have just songs of all the chapters. And it's just, it's amazing. It's incredible. So there is a playlist. If you scroll to the bottom of the resource list in the Church Center app, there is a playlist that I created of some of my favorites um, on Apple Music. If you want, you can take a listen to that as well. So I want to invite you into this. Not out of obligation, not out of like strong arm pressure. But this is something that we get to journey into. Something that we can be excited about, that can fill us with like joy and delight. Like think about what would make you really excited about your Bible reading. Maybe for you it's like, you know, a really nice comfy chair and a cup of coffee in the morning and it's just like, yes. Praise the Lord for that. I mean, I don't drink coffee, but whatever. A lot of you guys, that's like your sweet spot with Jesus and I love it. What gets you excited about this? About reading or listening? Really lean into that. Don't feel guilt or pressure. Get excited. Get curious. (laughs) Does God say this in the Bible? What does God say about that? Because that's the way of Jesus, right? It's an invitation into what he's doing and what he wants for your life. To to an invitation into something that's pure and good and joyful. So why do you read the Bible? For me, it, it's because it brings life. Truly, it does. So I want to take a moment now. We can all just take a moment together just to have a, a quiet space for you to think and reflect and maybe ask Jesus what he wants you to step into this this week. I mean, there was all those things on the list. Um, maybe pick one or two. Don't pick everything. Maybe pick one or two things that you're like, you know what, I want to step into this this week. Just take a moment and just ask Jesus maybe what it is um, and then maybe write it down somewhere so you don't forget uh, just so that you can kind of solidify that in. But just take a moment right now and just seek the Lord on this. Oh, Father God, we come before you as your children who you dearly love and we just thank and praise you. We thank you, Lord, so much for your word, for your truth given to us to lead and to guide and to calm and encourage and strengthen. 
We praise you for just how much you loved us. The truth of your word that speaks of Jesus and his life and his death and his resurrection. God, and we thank you so much that you always invite us into what you have for us, which is so good. And it's for our benefit to grow us and to build us and to strengthen us, Lord. So God, I pray that your spirit would draw us close. And that we would step into what you have for us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.